on both sides of the ledger, I much prefer it when my side is the one pulling off the miraculous comeback, but unfortunately it can't all go your way. Thankfully though, not all is lost in Brisbane Raw land, and there are still two teams that you can be very, very happy with right now, with the W League side finals bound, and the champion Y League side. Welcome everyone to the latest edition of the Brisbane Football Review, it is James and Scott here as always, and we're joined, filling in for Adam this week, by ABC Online, Simon Smale. Simon, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Now, this is your second appearance, I believe. We had you last year. It sure is, yes. I think, I don't know, do I get something for second appearance? T-shirt? High five. Yeah, high five, <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Yeah, I'll that. That's more than I expected. Yes. Now, Scott, how are yeah, you? I'm good, James. How are you? I'm doing pretty well after the weekend. I think, for the most part, it went quite well for me, but uh, I'll try and keep that quiet. That's... Two minutes in one reference. That's how many we can get today. That was 51 seconds. I was trying to be generous and say it lasted at least one minute anyway. Well, yeah. Anyway, let's get on to recapping Saturday night's just absolutely wild A-League clash in Adelaide, which saw the Raw build a 3-0 lead and have everyone thinking, hey, maybe it won't be too bad. Then there were a couple of things that went wrong, and next thing you know, Adelaide won 4-3. So, Simon, what what were your thoughts on the game? Well, I was saying to you guys before, I saw that the, the score was 3-0 up um, when I popped into the bar at Brisbane City on Saturday night before the uh, NPL game kicked off, and I thought, oh, that's okay. And then I couldn't believe it when I got told the Roar actually lost. I thought I must have just been mistaken. But yeah, I mean, having watched it back, I mean, that's a, it's an exercise in shooting yourself in the foot a couple of times and then, you know, shooting yourself a couple more times in the knees to yeah. notice yeah. it. It's disappointing. I mean, you look at it on the face of it, 3-0 up and a man up. You just can't be losing for yeah. that. But two individual mistakes, really. I mean, I, I don't know how you can even describe what um, what Ingham was doing. Just It's just an explosion in the head, isn't it, really? That just You can't describe it without swearing. No. Which, by the way, yes. just for your sake, if you swear, you have to go to out Western Pride because that's where all the swearers have been. Oh, Cameron yeah. Crestani and Angelus. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard. Yes, I heard yesterday. It was. Um, yeah. Look, I. I that wasn't great. I mean, young. I, I, things like that happen. I think. Like he, he didn't. I think he needed yeah. to come out. Whether he he completely well, he obviously completely mm-hmm. misjudged the flight of that ball, and I think it probably did skid on a little mm-hmm. bit. It again that can happen. Yeah. I, I still think you get put on the back foot by what is a stupid red card from yeah. Ingham and, and you're in you're in trouble. But the goal just before half-time, the free he kick... Says, yeah. That was top quality. Yeah. And that was really what Adelaide needed as well to get back into the game. But so You know what that goal reminded me? It reminded me of Christian Reese's goal on Boxing Day 2009 when he got the equaliser right on half-time. Then after that, the second half, the, that day the roar just fell apart and the same happened on, on Saturday night. And the other thing is this is now the second time the Raw have been comfortably up against a playoff-bound team that's thrown it away with a stupid red card. Think back to the Perth game at home with Daniel Bowles. That was that was as bad. No, this was worse, actually, with Ingham. But that's the second time now they've thrown points away from a comfortable position. All right, so You, let, you can't do that if you're trying to get back into the top six race. It was which completely frustrating. Gone, it's frustrating. But, okay, let's at least try and start with the positives. 
The Raw did build a 3-0 lead, and that was a phenomenal start. Like, Enrique, Wenzel Halls, and Taggart all really stepped up. And, look, I've been very, very conservative in my approach to the way that uh, Dylan Wenzel Hall should be played, but he's doing a great job proving me wrong so far. One start, one goal, Scott. Exactly. It's hard to argue with him starting every week from now, but that's why it's so frustrating, because they did play so well for 40 minutes there. The, the combination play for those three goals was absolutely superb. And then, unfortunately, I just threw it all away. But the combination stuff has been really good for a few weeks now. They scored some very nice goals, but defensively, it's just shambles. Well, those of us that have been watching MPL football for the last few years know Dylan Wenzel Halls is a yeah. goal scorer. He can put it in the back yeah. of a net. And even you got a glimpse of that in the Western Sydney Wanderers game in that off that disallowed goal yeah. that was just such a great finish. And you kind of look at that yeah. and you just think, give the guy a couple of opportunities, give him a sustained yeah. period in the side rather than 10 minutes at the end and you're going to see some things happen and I'm glad that that has happened for him. Yeah. That will be the first of many goals in the A-League you'd have thought for Wenzel Halls. And yeah, but yeah, I don't, I don't think it's... Yeah, you do have to kind yeah. of ignore what happened from 40 minutes on but yeah. it was it was a really, really... It's a really good start. His reaction to that goal was brilliant to see as well, the way he just charged down the touch line to Darren Davies. You can see he's obviously got a great connection with him there. So, And also, I think, above all else, what you're seeing with Wenzel Halls is he's very much a confidence player. Like When he came on against, I think it was the Wanderers, and just had a couple of offsides, he felt like he was starting to press. But here, he gets, he gets that goal, and it really did look like he was going to go on with it. Yeah, he, he's he's been like that every time I've seen him play. Like even through um, for for um, Western, Western Pride, Pride. Yeah. He, he just manages to once he once he's in he, and he's really yeah. in. And that, this is why I don't understand why there hasn't been a bit longer of a period of time yeah. in the in the side. You know, during the ninety minutes on a Saturday or, or weekend. You know, let's be honest. On match never, day, yeah, it's never, it's never a Saturday anymore. Um, I think. I can I can understand why he perhaps hasn't been because I would you know we don't see training every yeah. day and I'm sure there might be perhaps issues with he's still a young man yeah. not to forget in his first year of being a professional he's learning. Yeah. so he's still learning so perhaps the the increase in training rate hasn't quite mm. matched with his yeah. ability and it's not what he's shown yet on the training field but I mean when you see it on match day like that mm. the training will mm. it sounds stupid yeah. it's the wrong way around but the, you know the, the adaptability to that training load mm. will come yeah. if that is the problem and, and look he, he's a yeah. goal scorer it's the same sort of timeline that Kenny achieved at Melbourne Victory went through but this was about the time last year when he started to really look, to look, like, look like really himself in the A-League after a period of training it's different with going the victory, from so training it's, three it's, times a week to, yeah it mm, takes a while mm. and I think we're finally getting there with Dylan which is good yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think everyone at this table and, you know, Adam, when he's listening to this in Europe, hi Adam, by the way, uh, I'm sure he, like we've all said, you know, the potential's there, he's just got to be brought along yeah. the right way with a little bit of patience and hopefully we're getting something really positive for the future. Now, I want to talk about the three red cards. Let's start off with the one in the eighth minute, mm-hmm. Ken Ilso. Scott, yeah. I thought it was a little bit harsh. What about you? At first thought I thought it was a bit harsh, but when you see, when you kick out like that, the only one thing is going to happen. Particularly with the VAR now. If the referee missed it, the VAR, VAR is going to pick that up. It's, it's hard to argue it if you're kicking out like that. I actually think Alex King got it spot on. Yeah. I think he explained it well yeah. as well. Like, he, you know, he, he yeah. motioned straight away. He was very clear in his decision making. And I, yeah. I agree. Like, I think it, you, yeah. you do something like that on the yeah. field. It, it and he actually fun. spotted it as well. It didn't even go to the VAR. He picked it up himself straight away. He's, he's really, I know we mm. don't like crediting referees of anything really, but... He's, we do like Alex King on this show. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good referee yeah. and like that... Yeah. 
shows to me why he is a good referee because he spotted it, explained it clearly, made the decision quickly, got on with it. I was impressed. Yeah. Bellin is assistant referee who missed that ridiculous offside decision for the first goal too. Keep your flag down, come on. <laughs> That's not even close to being offside. Fair enough. I don't know. I thought it was more of an orange card, I suppose. Yeah. Like, when I say harsh, I thought you could have seen him, especially at that point in the game, you could yeah. have seen the, the ref go, look, that was bad. It's the eighth minute. I don't want to do anything massive yeah. here, so... I, I see what you're saying, and, and I know you, yeah. you want to see us an even a contest for as long as yeah. possible in a game, but I, 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 I still don't have an issue with it. No, no, a red card. Yeah. But either way, one game for Ken also. Daningham, but yeah, I think as we mentioned in the introduction, just... His second yellow card was a brain explosion. His first one wasn't much better. There was cover there for that challenge when he put in. Didn't need to make that challenge either. That put him on the precipice in the first place. Yeah. All right. Now, I, I kind of rushed through that one because I want to get to Jamie Young. It honestly just seemed like Young went, I'm going for the ball and I'm taking something out. It, like Whether it was my own defender or whatnot, the ball went past him and then it was just a case of, well, I'm kind of stuck. I think if you watch it in slow motion, you probably would have seen a moment where he went, well, I'm committed. He goes nothing. Yeah, and look, he, he raced out, and there's no doubt about that. He got off his line pretty quick. And yeah, I, as I was saying to you guys before, I think he just misjudged it. Like, and I, I mean, he misjudged yeah. the flight, misjudged the bounce. I think yeah. it skid on. I think um, that was mentioned in commentary as well. I, I think it did skid on yeah. if you yeah. look at the trajectory of the pool. Um, he would have got it in the penalty area. He could have just waited for that. He it could have. Gone straight through to him. You know, it's a tough yeah. one, isn't it? Hindsight's yeah. a wonderful thing. But. Um, it's definitely, I think it was definitely a red card. Yeah. But three games, I think that's a little bit excessive. That's, that's ridiculous. If you give him one extra game, that's fine by me. But three is that's excessive. I think I would have questioned it if it had been two games. Yeah. I said, oh, that's well, that's pretty harsh. But okay, if yeah. you saw it as being quite that dramatic yeah. and quite that hard an impact, and there's no doubt it was a, oh, yeah. it was a fairly, fairly impressive knock. But. but I think that's also in part because Jamie Young is quite a solid man in in his own right, and Craig Goodwin maybe not the most muscular structure. So yeah. it was a case of big guy running over little guy. There's something about that square of grass at Cooper Stadium too, because it's almost the exact same blade of grass where Stephen Walker himself sent off. The last game down there. So it's oh, not God. too far away from that. I think Seagram saw sent off somewhere near there as well, didn't he? Yeah. Right. Okay. So what you're saying is next time the raw play down at Cooper Stadium, they need to get the grounds crew in there early. Just, just put some cones around it say no play in this area. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it'll be like my playing days. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I was honestly shocked it was a two-game ban, a uh, three-game ban. I would have had two. One for the foul itself and one just because it was yeah. a hit probably more worthy of a game that I watched on Monday. I think there's an appeal happening now, isn't it? I know they're all appealing. They I think are it's, appealing. And, today and it's supposed to be decided, isn't it? So what you're saying is about two minutes after we publish this episode, there'll be breaking news on it. Yeah, Probably. Potentially. In, in true Brisbane Football Review yeah, style. I wouldn't be surprised. Look, I mean, they, they, there's no doubt they had to appeal. Like, yeah. it's... I, 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 he's such an important part yeah. of the way the raw play. And... <laughs> it's going to be really interesting to see, actually, how, how this sort of goes. I mean... White looked a bit flappy and not lacking yeah. a bit of confidence, which I understand. You come on to make your debut uh, in, a, in a bit of a yeah. pressure cooker situation. In a side down to nine foot. players. Absolutely. Yeah. But, I mean, he didn't look comfortable yeah. no, in dealing no, with crosses no. at all. Uh, you know, yeah. if you, you're without your number one keeper for three yeah. games and then you have yeah. 
you know, you have someone who's a little bit sketchy over crosses. I mean, expect the next three opponents to absolutely yeah. pepper him. Unless you decide to go for Macklin Freak, which wouldn't be a bad option, yeah. I don't think. He's we'll a, get to that in segment yeah, four. I will say, the last time Brendan White did play, I think it was NPL, when the Raw stacked their team against Lions way back in the end of the day. So that's and that ended 4-0 to Lions, did yeah. it? It is an interesting debate, though, to see who the Raw players there. It is almost a blessing in disguise, though, because Young's been the dominant number one for about two years now, and it's time to find out what Brendan White has and what old Macklin Frake has as a backup. So the segment will be interesting to see who the Raw choose there. Certainly. All right. Um, we'll close off this segment just with a couple of final thoughts. For me, what really stood out in this game is just seeing... like, I think what we're seeing with the Raw right now in the A-League is this is a side that is so badly struggling just for confidence. Yeah. It's almost like they're expecting something to go wrong. And that is his free kick on halftime was just one of those oh God, what's going to happen next? Yeah. And having a halftime break to think about yeah. it, it's just one of those things where you want them to, yeah. like, they just don't have the confidence to yeah. respond. And I think it's just a case of they've been beaten down by some pretty unfortunate results this year and now where to yeah. next? Matt McKay said it perfectly at full time because they don't know how to win at the moment. Sums it up perfectly. They can't win. And you know what? You saw that the previous week against Western Sydney Wanderers. Western Sydney Wanderers yeah. are exactly the same. All the way yeah. through that game, they were 2-0 up and cruising, and you yeah. just felt, right, how are they going to mess this up? And, yeah. and they did. With the Raw, I mean, maybe that's exactly the same situation that they, they found yeah. down there down the other day. Like, it's 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 a shame, I guess. It's, it's, but that's the job of a coach, yeah. really, is to turn that around, yeah. and the senior players need to grab the young lads by the scruff of the neck and say, hey, come on, we, we're better than this. We've scored three yeah. goals against Adelaide away from home in the first half. We can do a lot better than this. Exactly. Bottom of three is exactly the same in that sense. They just throw away, away ridiculous leads. Exactly, and it's kind of like going for bigger style points, one on top of the other right yeah. now. <laughs> All right, so that's going to be it for segment one. We're going to come back and talk about the W League and the Champion Youth League side. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. All right, time for segment two of the Brisbane Football Review. It is James, Scott and Simon today, not Adam. I've very nearly said that uh, at least twice today so far. So <laughs> it's been a very long week. Let's get on to the W League where the Raw went down to Adelaide United, but thanks to a couple of other results, still managed to finish in second place. So, Scott, yep. tell us what happened on Friday night. Well, this was a bit of a letdown after the celebrations of the Youth League afterwards, but the Raw, they played all right in this game, but just their shooting was off. They created a bunch of chances, just didn't go in the net, and Adelaide created one or two chances, and one of them went in. It's the way football goes sometimes. And then obviously having to chase the game with an early goal from Gunadir Jonsotir. Well done. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, and having to chase the game from there on out, probably, I suppose, allowed Adelaide a little bit of comfort sitting back and saying to the Raw, just get past us. Yeah, look, early goals are key, aren't they? And look, I mean, obviously, it didn't actually matter in the end. The Raw didn't didn't win. They still get their home final on Sunday. They they still finished in second spot. They couldn't have won the title anyway um, because of because of the other results for Melbourne victory. Look, it's a uh, it's the best outcome, really. You know, you get a result like that out of the way. You still perform okay. Um, a couple of disappointing. You know, you you yeah. do have to convert your chances. There's no doubt about yeah. that. But you could say that about any game. Um, Nagasato had a really good opportunity yeah. um, that that she managed to um, force a really good save actually yeah. from from the goalkeeper. So that was yeah. disappointing. But 
look, I, I don't think they should be too downhearted. I actually spoke to Mel Andretta today, um, and she she still seemed very confident. She's very confident about playing up at Dolphin Stadium, um, and look, I think. It, they they did perform well. I'm um, Danny Ward. I think uh, yeah. uh, I was spare a word for her. She came on, uh, well, she came into the side and and didn't look out of place in the slightest. So, um, you know, positive for yeah. the raw, the way they train, the way yeah. they play, now makes it look like they've got so much strength in depth and all these yeah. young girls coming through. Player number 85, obviously, yeah. Danny Ward. But I, I did like your comment, I think it was on uh, Friday night, Scott, asking yeah. if uh, the Raw could sign Willisie to be the backup for Mackenzie Arnold just I, so she never has to play Brisbane yeah, again. absolutely. This is the second time the Raw have been stopped by Adelaide this season. Without That's twice Adelaide have won 1-0, and Willisie made that really good save off the penalty from Nagasato. Outside of that, most of the shots were straight at her, but that one save was spectacular. So... Okay, that's number one recruitment strategy for the off-season then. Got it. Exactly. And I suppose a big thing to come out of this as well was the fact that, for the most part, the Raw seem to get through this game in relatively good health as well, which, heading into finals, is probably going to be more important than anything else. Yeah, they got another 75 minutes, I think it was, into Hayley Razzo coming back from injury, which is really important. Looking really good as well, starting to create some chances. So yeah, talk about an impact form at the, right time. the acquisition, basically, late in the season. Well, Mel made the point today in her, her press call up at Dolphin Stadium saying that now, for the first time, apart from Minnie being injured, of course, this, this Sunday will be the first time that they have a full squad to choose from this season. I mean, when you think they finished second on the ladder, home semi-final coming up, and this is the first time they're at full strength? Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. Um couple of words about Jenna McCormack coming back in as yep. well into the side. Um, and you talk about coming through matches unscathed. I mean, she had slightly more tackles to dodge <laughs> than yeah. many of the other girls um, playing in the AFLW match um, and battling heat exhaustion mm. as well down Norwood Oval. It was about 100 degrees, I think, at kickoff. Uh, she, she, you know, to have someone like that come back in, um, you know, the, the form centre-back part- partnership in the country yep. with Claire Polkinghorne. Yeah, it's... You know, the positive signs, and I think the Raw enjoy playing up at Dolphin Stadium. Yep. It's exactly the same dimensions of uh, Zlang Park, um, okay. I heard today, um, which kind of surprised me, but they've done everything they could up there at Dolphin Stadium to make the, the Raw girls feel welcome. And uh, look, mm. I think they're very, yeah. very It's strong. one of the rare regional grounds where the Raw W League side's got a winning record, actually, because the Lions, they're less than 50%, and AJ Kelly Park just down the road from there, I don't think they've won a game. So the one from one at Dolphin Stadium, hopefully it becomes two from two. And one of our favourite venues to visit as well. It's just, I love going up there and I, I wish I could go on yeah. Sunday, but unfortunately I'll be forced to stream it through, I'm assuming, KO Sports. So, yeah, yeah that'll, be a fun, that'll be a fun Sunday night. I'm pretty sure it'll be lovely scenic area up there. So I'm a recent convert to KO and it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just got to work out a sponsorship deal with Absolutely, this. Absolutely, yeah. Sorry, I was just plugging there for yeah. you guys. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. We're not on community radio anymore. Plug away. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, yeah, victory win over Glory secures premiership for them, so congratulations, I guess. Yeah. Um, but mo- most importantly, it's a home final for the Raw. Yep. Sunday, I think it's 6pm. 6.15 is the official start time listed. Okay, 6.15 at Dolphin Stadium at Redcliffe, so we'll preview that a little bit more in segment four, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Let me just scroll down. Yeah, it's there. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> we'll preview that in a little bit more detail. And move on now to what was a triumphant Friday evening down yes. in Sydney for the Raw. 
Is it NYL or Y League side? We've been going back and forth on this all season. I think it's Y League yeah. officially, but I mean, depends what year it is. Very interchangeable, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, some years it's the National Youth League, other years it's the Y League. Depends what year, but this was a great performance from the Royals. Started off so strong, and the game was over after an hour. They did fatigue badly, but the way they played for 65 minutes was—they were so good in that game. You know what? They I really le- didn't have a bad player for that starting eleven. You know what I learned from it? The confer- the rest of Australia conference, way better than the New South Wales yeah. conference. And I think that's just because, you know, it's got the roar in it. Yeah. Unabashed fan yeah. moment there. But congratulations. It was fantastic. Goals from Shannon Brady, Daniel Leck and Mirza Maradovic. All before the hour mark did everything yeah. the roar needed to do to secure the win, Simon. Yeah, they, they were very, very strong. And it was, it was good to see. Like, I think they... I, I sense it was a bit of a shame that it was played down in Sydney. Yeah. I know the, the logistical reasons were all not having a home game last um, last weekend pretty much decided yeah. where it was going to be played. Uh, but, yeah, look, I mean, you see that and you see the players that the young Raw have in their yeah. ranks. And, I mean, we've seen a lot of them through the, through the NPL. Uh, there's some good players yeah. in there. There are some really talented youngsters. I mean, talented youngsters throughout the yeah. entire system. And, and it's good to see them actually getting... Yeah you know, putting it all together and actually getting getting some silverware. Like yeah. stuff like that, you know, it should be seen as a real bright spark and a real bright point for the for the um for the Raw team. And it was obviously the first uh, youth level win for Brisbane Raw as yeah. well. So to back up your point from earlier, I think it's now three one with the rest of Australia conference winning three out of the four grand finals that way. But I really like really? I was just trying to be funny. No, I think you're actually <laughs> correct as well, but because Melbourne City have won a couple of them so but I really like the defensive intensity from the Raw side, so particularly in the midfield the the Duncan boys and Jay Barnett, they just the defensive pressure they put on the Warners didn't really let them play at all. I thought it was superb stuff. Who I have since found out the Duncan boys are not brothers. No. So yeah, no, but I, they really didn't have a bad player. I know I said it before, but that starting eleven, all of them did their job superbly well. Yeah, absolutely. And even the guys that weren't in the team, obviously, yeah. have all contributed in some way, shape, or form yeah. this season. So. Yeah, there's a lot to there's a lot to be excited about in, the, in terms of youth development as well, and I thought it was just reward for Drew Sherman yeah. as well. Like he's done a really good job getting this side ready to play this season, and yeah, it was good to see him on the sideline, and you could really hear him in the uh, effects <laughs> mic by the side of the pitch as well. So it's always good to hear the coaches on the side of the pitch, isn't it? I think there were about five people there at Anzac Stadium. It's a bit it's a bit of a shame to have a game like that at that stadium with nobody there just because the time of day it has to be kicked off at, but. You know what was really strange for me, though? Seeing a Brisbane Raw side not have to wait until the 84th minute in a grand final to score. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there. Yeah. If that happens again, you know, W-League side, A-League side, if you want to score before the 84th minute, fine by me. I'm fair, I think the W-League side scored a couple of goals yes, I know. before I was, the 84th minute. But I know, but I don't have that stat on, no. on, in, on the top of my head, <laughs> so I was just trying to run with yeah. that joke. But yeah, so... <laughs> Anyway, I've gone a little bit off the rails. Someone want to bring me back on, which is always what you want from the host, right, Simon? Oh, I think so, yeah. I mean, you, you, you drive this yeah. ship in whichever way yeah. you see fit. Um, yeah, look, like you said, I think they all play yeah. very well. Yeah. Um, they play well in that system, the Royal Youth side. Um, like, I do, do like yeah. the Duncans. They, yep. both play, they both play very well in this. Um, and I, I'm ashamed to say I forget which one, but there is a particular Duncan, one or the other, who I've seen a few times play now, and I've been really impressed every yeah. single time. And yeah, is it? Did he have long hair, Oliver Duncan? There you go, Oliver mm. Duncan. Yeah. I was really impressed when I saw <laughs> yeah. him play a couple of times. It would have been last year. Yeah. I thought that's that's a good 
good good looking player to watch you know really battles hard it's got good awareness good vision to pass pass balls through in the midfield um yeah very impressive um but uh i thought brady was good yeah really really good um uh, maratovic again he was good all mpl he just scores goals good player he could have scored a couple more actually in fairness in this game yeah and and, you know you look at it and I think most games I think most games I've seen over the last sort of well few years even when a team dominates it could be anything from 2-0 to 10-0 and I think I'm not suggesting the rule would have won that game by 5 or 6 but you know you convert all your chances and you're starting to look like a real shellacking so uh you're right. I don't think Western Sydney were really ever in it. I no. mean, the goal, the late goal, flattered them. To be yeah. honest, and it just arrived because of their fatigue. Hang on, I'm trying to get this right from Taz Mudukardis, but close enough. Yeah, Mudukardis. Yeah, I'd mm. say I'd yeah. have called it. Yeah, he. Yeah, mm. I just wanted to get you to say the name. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, he, um, yeah, it's no, like getting to say the name of the Adelaide midfielder. Which one? Oh, Nathan Constantopoulos. There you go. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. In all seriousness, the interesting thing to see which of these young guys actually do now progress to the A-League side because it's one thing to win the Youth League. It's now now you've got to bring through players because otherwise what's the point of it? Well, the, the, that's the big, big question yeah. now. And I think youth football is very different to senior men's yeah. football. Very different. The fact that the youth teams play in MPL football is hugely valuable yeah. for them. Like, the, you know, to, frankly, to get a bit of a kicking from senior yeah. professionals. It's probably more valuable than the Wire League, in fairness. Completely agree. And more games as well for them. I remember, I think we were out at uh, Strikers last season watching the Raw Youth yeah. and Greg Hensley was just like kicking Muradovic all over the pitch. Fairly, and, but yeah. kicking him. Yeah, but that's how you learn. You know, yeah. you have to learn how to deal with some of these, you know, bigger, scarier, uglier players. Sorry, Greg. Um, <laughs> you know, that you have to be able to deal with that. You yeah. have to be able to be kicks a little bit you know you have yeah. to take the rough with the smooth and you know because that's how these seasoned pros yeah. have have been playing the game for years and it's all well and good being nice and flash and fancy and showing all this good footwork if you've got a big center back coming through the back of you every so often or just sort of yeah. giving you giving your achilles a little bit of a tickle every yeah. so often you know you need to be able to be able to deal with that situation yeah. um it's been a big problem for a lot of clubs i think it's been a big problem for um, speaking from, I guess, a club that I know pretty well, Brisbane City. You know, Brisbane City's youth team is phenomenal. Um, you saw a couple of those boys step up into the senior team and not perform quite so well, and that's the balance. And yeah. you need to have a couple of couple of seasons at doing that. Yeah. That's why I think, and I'm getting ahead of myself again, but I think this year Brisbane City are going to go pretty well because they've had that experience of getting kicked around a little bit, getting schooled a little bit yeah. by experienced pros. It's all well yeah. and good being able to produce YouTube highlights, but how are you going to go when you're in a scrappy yeah. nil-all game and you just need to find a way to get the ball in the back of the net? With the way the Roar are going at the moment, it's a great time just to maybe bring in a couple of these guys who've had a chance previously, like Daniel Leck and Shannon Brady, you've had their chance previously in the A-League, so it might be a good opportunity in this last 10 games, so just say, look, just throw them in and see what they can do. Yeah, what, what have they got to lose? Yeah. We've got a lot to lose right now, so uh, I don't even know where that segue is going. Mm. What we're going to do is take a little bit of a break. I might get a coffee to refresh myself, and we'll come back to talk about news and NPL right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. All right, we're on segment three of the Brisbane Football Review, but before we get into that... I should probably get in some plugs. So first of all, uh, any comments, uh, email brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. Uh, Facebook, The Raw Review. We're still working on changing that. It's a long story. Mm. Twitter, at BNE Football. 
Instagram we don't have, and Snapchat I don't quite understand it. Simon, where can people get in contact with you? Uh, you follow me on Twitter, Simon underscore Smale. Um, you can read all of my musings there, um, if you so desire. Um, you'll also be able to hear me behind the mic this weekend on Football Queensland's live stream match of the round, which is Peninsula Power against East. So the um, promotion derby. The promotion derby. Yep. Yes, absolutely. That's how we'll be coining it. I think. Uh, yeah, looking forward to that one. Actually, it should be a really good game. Um, and yeah, and you can sporadically read me on the ABC online, news online sport yeah. website. Yeah, talking about sport. It's got to be tough, isn't it? It's tough. I hate you both. <laughs> tough gig. I hate you both. Oh, that's right. Scott's still here. Scott? Yeah. Anyway. Get on with it. Yes. <laughs> Get on with it, would you? All right. So we'll get on to MPL in a little bit. But first of all, a couple of news stories we wanted to touch on. First of all, uh, I believe it was Marco from Korea Mail had this story about uh, Marco Kurtz being a leading candidate to coach the Raw. I cannot wait for that uh, introduction. Marco, meet Marco. Marco, meet Marco. <laughs> It is interesting. That seems to pop up every single time the Raw play Adelaide, that there's a link between someone moving one way or the other. I think last year it was John Aloisi allegedly being linked with the Adelaide job. Now and two years before that. And, and now it's Marco Kerr's being linked to the Raw job, which I understand because I think he's had a contract at the end of the year. and yeah. It does seem like they're waiting until the end of the year to negotiate that. So there's possibly a link there. It's just interesting on the timing. A bit of tension between him and Aurelio Vidmar, I read as well. Whether or not that's true, difficult... Difficult to tell, really, isn't it? And I also read that apparently um, there's some bit of friction about Kurtz's old school training methods causing injuries mm. or something. But I mean, you know, I'm I'm starting to think there might be a theme with German coaches and uh, old school beliefs after what uh, Marco Marcus Babel had to say on yeah. uh, Friday night. So, look, I'll it's be honest. Working for Adelaide, though, I wouldn't be changing. Yeah, to be honest, I quite like the idea of Kurz as a coach and would happily see him on the sideline in an orange tracksuit. So no objections from me. I've been impressed with him. I think I was impressed with him when he came up here and did he play Lions um, in the FA Cup? Yeah. Yeah. I was impressed with his post-match then. That was one of his first games, I think, for Adelaide, was it? Oh, it was first games this this season. Um, So, and and he just came across very, very well. Yeah, I was very impressed. That was the first time I'd actually sort of had a face-to-face with him. He was, yeah. Uh, what what surprises me though, like you see him get really riled up on the sideline, but what it was what fifteen twenty minutes later when we did the mm. uh, presser at Perry Park, and yeah. he was really calm, really mm. like he he seems like the sort of person that you can actually sit down and have an extended conversation. He broke with the game down really well as well, if I recall. The way he explained what happened in the game was really clear. So well, it was clear. He had you know pretty good footballing knowledge, you know, which obviously you'd expect from a professional coach. But mm. yeah, he, he just came across very well. So. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's my only real view of him. He's doing a good job in Adelaide. You know, why not? That's right. And a story that in the run sheet is listed as a rumour from the Courier-Mail, but as of about 1pm this afternoon, is confirmed by Brisbane mm-hmm. Raw. They've signed former West Sydney defender Ruan Tongyuk and Sydney FC striker Charles Lokolingoy. Um, and i got to be honest, I'm, I love the Tongyuk signing. If you're yeah. trading out Avram Papadopoulos, who, look, I liked, but for a young, promising defender who I've been itching for the Raw to sign for a long time. I could not yeah. be happy with that move. I was going to say, the amount of times we've said the Raw should sign Ruan Tongik on this show, we have to be pleased with that, right? But this is a win-win. Either If they go well, which all hope they do, then the Raw have found two good young players for the squad for the future. If not, I think they're only contract till the end of the season, so you can move on from them. But look, I think they're two good young players. I mean, even Lockerlingo at Sydney, he's had a few opportunities, yes, but again, mostly off the bench, like with Dylan Windsor Halls. If he's going to get a start up here, 
you might see the best of him because he's got that pace to run in behind and that's always a threat. Yeah, I think he offers something different, doesn't he? Yeah. And uh, like, you know, it, you need options. I think any club needs options and for him to be able to do that and, you yeah. know, if, even if it's just in, you know, in support, like you said, you'd like to see yeah. any of these strikers just get an extended run in the side yeah. or at least being given a game. Um, yeah, like yeah. I, I think it's a, po- it's a positive sign and, and you're right, they needed to find a replacement for Avram and, and yeah. Tong Yik's probably as good as any you're going to get at the mm. moment, I think. Absolutely. And as we said, I think it was in the last segment, what have the Royal got to lose from here? So mm. why not? I think that's a very shrewd piece mm. of business. And especially if the rumoured interest for... Now, this is still a rumour. Adam Taggart uh, getting interest from the K-League as well. So if Adam Taggart is to potentially move on, which I think we all might have expected that mm. to have been on the cards, maybe not this soon, but end of this season... Yeah. It does make sense too. I mean, he's, he's got 12 goals now for the season, Adam Taggart. So, K League teams, it wouldn't be surprising if they're interested. And it might be a good opportunity for him to move on from the Raw. It's 12 goals, but I mean, at times he's sort of drifted in yeah. games, isn't he? And I know that's the sort of player he is, mm. but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously he'd be a big, big loss. And, you know, you'd like to think he'd be able to stick around at least to the end of the season. But I think, you know, I don't mm. think it would be a bad thing if Wenzel Hall's had an extended run in the side. Yeah. So, you know, mm. if he was to disappear, like like you say, mm. what have they got to lose? It's it's. Yeah. Give you a good I think I found my episode title for this, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. Well, it's a free pass, isn't it? I mean, yeah. and I've, I've thought this for a long time. You know, why don't clubs just... And I know there's the expectations of fans, but, you know, fans should accept if you're going to bring young players yeah. through then there's going to be a bit of a betting in period. And why not? There is... I'm not going to say it again, but it's true. Yeah. It, it's 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 it seems yeah. to be another. It'll give you ten games now to give Dillmore to Halls a few starts, Lockerlingo a few starts, and see where they both sit. Absolutely. Why not? And I think what we're seeing with Darren Davies is yeah. he does have the confidence in these young players yeah. to try and bring them through. So yeah. we should say with Tongik, there's obviously a glaring need at the raw in centre back for improvement there. I think Tongik can provide that. Yeah, that's it. I, I really enjoyed watching him, yeah. even as far back as when he was at Melbourne City, which seems like a very strange thing to say for a player in his early 20s. But, look, yeah, he, he was probably my number one target coming into the January window. So he was available. They snapped him yeah. up. I'm happy. I think it's his fourth club now, too. He started Adelaide, didn't he? Yes, I yeah. think so. Yeah. All right. Uh, Qatar win the Asian Cup. Congratulations. FFA is starting to embrace, embrace Asia. Sorry, do you want to say something about that? They were the best yeah. team. Oh, I, they we, were. we laugh yeah. about it, but yeah. they were actually, they conceded one goal all tournament. Yeah. And it was a consolation goal in the mm. final. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, at 2-1, yeah. I thought that game could have got quite interesting yeah. and then a ludicrous VAR mm. penalty got given. Mm. Um, I'm not going to go into the VAR thing. I no, will I say. That, 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 there's been questions over some players' eligibility, but their academy that they've built over there is why they've won this tournament. They were... They were the best team, and people saying, if we had a beaten UAE, we would have made the final. No, no. they would have beaten us <laughs> the same way they beat the UAE. Simple as that. Yeah, I think it would have been a case of a... Fr- I think it would have been a frustrating quarterfinal exit replaced by a quite troubling semi-final yeah. exit. Hats off to Xavi as well for predicting that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, we certainly weren't laughing at him when he said that at the start of the tournament. <clears throat> exactly. Yes, now FFA is starting to embrace Asia with interest in joining the 2020 ASEAN Football Championships. Yeah. I think, do the Matildas enter this competition or not? I'm sure they, the junior that team played very that familiar. last year. But look, it makes sense. Even if you just send an A-League-based side there, a national team doesn't get enough international experience in tournament. And Even as, if we do just destroy these teams, I don't think they would, but even if they did, it's valuable experience. As we've seen from the Asian Cup, Asia is 
yeah. fast approaching the standards you know that Australia seems yeah. to think it should have and, mm. and you know and a lot of teams have surpassed that a lot of mm. these minnow Asian teams mm. are no longer minnows I mean it's pathetic that it's been what 2006 yeah. Australia joined VAFC and it's now that we decide we're going to be a little bit more engaged I, I, yeah. I don't think this could have happened yeah. soon enough and you, like more football yeah. as you've just mentioned yeah. more football is better yeah. than less football and like, even from their perspective having a big gun like Australia test itself against consistently they might have improved even more if they had that measuring stick by for the last 15 years exactly mm. All right, uh, FFA Cup slot changes for 2019. The Southern Region and Brisbane Zone merging into one. Speaking of good decisions. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Central and North Queensland remains the same. Round one starts March 1st to 3rd with the draw February 20. Scott, you're going to have to cover that because I'm moving house that weekend. It's okay, no problem. And Adam, if you're listening, guess what? You're covering it. He can cover it because he's on holiday now. Job done. <laughs> yeah. I- Happy for all yeah. the coverage that's been taking place. Um, no, like, uh, like, I, I, I think this is a good yeah. move. Like I know Queensland is different to the other states yeah. and federations in that it, it, we cover such a vast area, but to have it split so dramatically yeah. and effectively give the strongest Gold Coast team a free yeah. pass, and I know it hasn't always worked out that way, um, but like I, I, I think this is a good move, and it yeah. can only be a good thing and. You know, it, it's. I think it's probably even better for the yeah. Gold Coast teams as well to actually have a yeah. bit more competition, a bit more varied competition. I love the Cup for its yeah. variety. Yeah. Just having an effectively just another football Brisbane competition doesn't make any sense yeah. to me. Now we just need an open uh, round of 32 proper draw and then we're all set. Exactly. Yes. All right. One day. Speaking of those local clubs, the Marathon NPL 2019 <laughs> season got underway on Saturday and it was a very good night of football all around. Scott and I were at Lions yep. 2-1 uh, going down to Peninsula. Yes, yep. I put that around the wrong way. My mistake. That's all right. I, didn't... I corrected it on my copy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't Ron Burgundy yet. Okay. Uh, Strikers 1-1 uh, draw with Thunder. Gold Coast Knights 1-1 uh, on their NPL debut with Matt Pye's Crusaders. Jets 3-2 over Gold Coast United. Brisbane City 3-0 over Redlands. Sunshine Coast on Sunday went down 3-1 to Easts. And last night... Brisbane Royal Youth continued their winning ways with a 3-1 yeah. win out at Western Pride on what looked to be a very, very windy night. Out yeah, it seemed like it. Based on the live stream, you could hear the wind. So. Mm. And Olympic had a lovely weekend off. And they got another one too because their game this weekend is postponed because of the wet weather up in North, North Queensland. So. I'll tell you what, and you know, obviously it's for good reasons, but that mm. is really rough on Olympic. Yeah. I mean, they could be six points behind the league leaders mm. by the end of next weekend without even having kicked a ball. Yeah. And I know it's so early in, as you've already mentioned, yeah. a marathon season, but I mean, it's just bad mm. luck. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think um, Ben Khan's going to be particularly happy with that. I mean, it's out of his control and yeah. he's... If nothing, he's a very pragmatic man and a very good coach, so he will have his team up for it regardless. But it, it it's tough. It's I really can think I can think of a few coaches that will somehow turn that into yeah. a motivational tactic. I do know when I spoke to him for the season preview, he was going down the Gold Coast to watch Magpie's Crusaders. So all that scouting work he's done now going to be delayed till July or whatever it is. So yeah, well, it's going to have to come into play at yeah. some point eventually. But why don't we talk about the game you and I were at, Scott? It was an interesting game, that's for sure. Well, the second half was. Yeah. It, the first half was a real sort of arm wrestle. Yeah. The two teams, Lions and Power, tried to, I suppose, yeah. almost feel each other out, see yeah. who, see where the best places yeah. to attack were. And they did, and I thought Peninsula Authority deserved their win. I thought I they thought got the, stronger in the game as the more the game went on. And as the game went on, it really only looked like being one winner from about the 70th minute on when they equalised. 
they just ran all over lines. That's the first time I've... Oh, second time I've ever seen someone run over lines. The other one was Olympic in the Cup last year when they really ran over them. But lines looked a few degrees off to me. I'm not saying I'm worried about them for the length of the season because they will... The fitness will come and they'll get better and they'll take their chance and they'll win games. But on Saturday, it just looked a bit off to me. I kind of... The, what kind of stood out to me was the fact Lions really came out firing. And I'm wondering if they put a little bit too much energy into trying to get that early goal mm. and maybe... I don't know, maybe just when yeah. it didn't quite come, you wondered if there was a little bit of a, all right, what now? A bit like what they tried to do in the cup last year, you mean? Or? Yeah, just yeah. blitz them early. But the way Penn Power settled, that was just really, really impressive. And yeah. look, if you want to watch these games, actually, you can go on the Football yeah. Queensland YouTube channel and listen to what I think was a very good call from Rafe Griffin on Saturday night. And it The was... other guy wasn't so good. <laughs> ah, it's good to have you on board yeah. as a caller. It's um, yeah, it's good to have a bit yeah. of variety. I think um, yeah. people. I've certainly had feedback. I'm not looking at anyone in particular. Don't look but... at me. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I said nothing about your commentary. No, um, no, no it's, it's good to have some different voices on. So yeah, no, congratulations on your commentary debut. Thank James. you. Yes, and I didn't uh, slip up with any unfortunate. Um, words so you'd only do that once I'm afraid (laughs) (laughs) yes well I'm going to try and keep it family friendly like we have on this show yep but yeah like I just want to touch on the streaming that was it's really good you can actually watch all these games like we had a laptop on the sideline with all the other games going so we could actually keep track of what was going on around the competition and yeah I mean, look, it's it's good for fans. I'm I'm a real advocate, which sounds stupid yeah. considering I'm a commentator for a live stream type service. But I'm a real advocate for going to games and yeah. sitting at the ground and getting the yeah. atmosphere, getting the dodgy pie. I know you don't really get dodgy yeah. pies here, but you know, getting all the you sounds, get a really good pizza at Brisbane City. That's you for do sure. get a really good pizza at Brisbane City, and yeah. you get really good food in a lot of places. Yeah. Actually, yeah. <laughs> a lot of the food yeah. we're really spoiled for choice up here in yeah. in Queensland. But look, I I. I think it is fantastic. Like, I mean, I sat down last night yep. and had the Raw Youth game um, on and enjoyed that a lot. It's a good initiative. Yeah. It's, like, not, right, it's great to have the streams there, but you should get out to games where you can yeah. because the, qual- the quality is not, it's not that bad. It's, and the games are really entertaining as well. The intensity is really good. And, I, I, yeah, and I, it's good food, as we talked about. Yeah, I'm a huge advocate for it's yeah. better live. I always yeah. have been. And you like, always see a lot more. Yeah. Absolutely. But that being said, like... There's some games you just can't get to, though. If you're a Mackay yeah. fan, half your games oh. are in Brisbane you can't get to. For and, them, and it's perfect. Do you know what? For fans on, you know, arguably the Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast, yeah. Toowoomba and Mackay. Yeah. And, you know, and even fans of football in, in the places that I'm represented, Cairns, Townsville, yeah. uh, you know, Rockhampton, you know, this is great for them to be able yeah. to see the st- top state-level competition. Yeah. So that that's... It's a real positive mm. and, and it's really good. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and yeah, what, one thing that um, Aaron Phil was saying after the game as well was the fact like he wasn't getting too high off the, winning the season opener against the defending mm. champion. He was very, I don't want to say pragmatic, but mm. very realistic yeah. about, look, it's one game mm. in a 30-week mm. season. So It did seem like he built this team particularly for that game because it looked like he had a lot of, he stacked the midfield with four or five players in there and had all his attackers on the bench and introduced them. And Trent McAvoy as well. Trent McAvoy on the bench. So he introduced them throughout the game. It seemed like this was a really specific plan for the game against Lions so yeah look and uh, to beat Lions you yeah. have to be on top of your game yeah. and you have to uh, you, you have to try something different yeah. and that that's yeah. you know it, it obviously worked for them and power are going to be strong I think yeah. there's no doubt they're going to be challenging for a top four spot um you know this is a bit of a marker um as you've mentioned if Lions were a little bit off yeah. um you know that's that's rare yeah. it didn't happen much last season yeah. Uh, you know, it didn't happen much that they conceded more than one goal last season. Yeah. I think it was only once, twice mm. from memory. Uh, 
it's it's a it's a result I I don't think I was expecting. I think yeah. I, I could have I could have seen this going as a draw, yeah. but um, yeah, yeah, it's it's Peninsula are serial winners. I think they won the BPL last year. They were not made the grand final. Won the FQPL last year comfortably. They're a club used to winning, so. Well, I, they just. I think well, the last defeat that they had in any competition was against Lions in the yeah. Cup, wasn't it? Something so, like that. Yeah. yeah. They well, they didn't lose a league game last year, so they're no. they're a very good side, and mm. I think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch this season. But one final thought on that game was how well uh, Power really shut out Marek Mudley, Mud as I found out. On oh, new pronunciation this year, is it from the man himself? Apparently, okay. so. We'll, yeah, so we'll I mentioned that Matt Boyd has serious injury as well. Yeah, that was, for the season. So that was right not, in front of us, and yeah. it looked pretty rough from the media deck. So. Mm. Yeah, hopefully he managed to come back and play at some point, but it looked rough. Fingers crossed for his recovery. Um, any other takeaways from this round of uh, NPL? Start with you, Scott. Should, uh, for me, I thought it was interesting that Magpies Crusaders got a point away to Gold Coast Knights. I know we talked about them last week, saying they're going to be better, but I thought Gold Coast would come out strong in this game, and the fact they were able to get a point really emphasise the fact that Magpies Crusaders will be a tough team to beat this year. I thought that was, to me, the most surprising result of the weekend. I, I saw Knights in pre-season. I thought they looked very strong. Yep. Um, I think, I, I'm not surprised, though, that Magpies Crusaders yep. got a point there. I think Magpies Crusaders are going to be very good this yep. year. I don't think perhaps top four good, yep. but I think they're going to be a very tough team to beat. They were a tough team to beat last year. I think they've improved yep. a bit of quality. Their young players have got a bit more experience. Um, that they are mm. very well run up there. Yep. That is a proper footballing setup they've yep. got there now. Um, and they're going all in. And it's so good for the competition to have a team from the North represented. Um, they'll be they'll be very, very good. Yeah. Um, I, obviously, the game I was at was at um, Corporate Travel Management Stadium, City v Redlands. Again, uh, it's I mean, it was a good win for City because um, he wasn't mm. getting carried away by the fact that they're top of the league and not over were the players. It's, it's nice. Mm. It's three points in the bag, um, three points in the bank against uh, with a lot of other clubs failing to get three points. I mean, you know, Strikers, two points behind. Knights, two points behind. Lions, three points behind. Olympic, going to be however many points behind by the time they actually start playing a game. Um, look, that, and City were good. I thought yeah. um, they have improved in areas that they needed improving. Um, Mattia Bonatti is an Italian player who's played in Italy at the various lower yeah. levels of competition and in Brazil. So, you know, he's got experience of playing on two continents. Um, it brings a lot of experience and reads the mm. ball so well in that defence, which is still made up of teenagers around him. Coach so, on the field style. Absolutely, and he'll be huge for City. Um, there's also um, Santi Vitoara, who was being the leading Golden Boot winner at City, or City's Golden Boot winner, the last three seasons. Um, he scored two um, and looked really good. He was named club captain at the start of the season, um, and he's, he's, he's a good player. I, I enjoy watching him. His feet are so fast, and he moves so well. Um, he took both his goals very well. Um, Giancarlo Solizano... Um, he took his goal very well, and that's the other area where I think City needed to improve last yeah. year up front. Um, he's been played in the right position. Um, he looks fit, looks really fit, actually. I yeah. don't think you could have said that necessarily when he yeah. was at Lions last year. He didn't look it. No, he just didn't look right, did yeah. he, at Lions? And, and that was a disappointment. I was disappointed every yeah. time I saw him because I thought, well, you've, you've got more than this. Mm. I think we saw a bit of that, actually, on, on Saturday night. Um, in Newmarket, um, he just looks fit, and he's the sort of striker that Cozzy loves. He loves a player who's going to hold up yeah. the ball like that, get into tough areas, mm. and work hard. Mm. Cozzy was very happy with how mm. they played. Um, Adam Edgar also had some good chances. You know, I mean, if he starts converting, if he manages yeah. to get his mojo back, he'll be, you know, 
very, very dangerous. And to come into that side, you've got Jesse Rigby, who's serving a two-match ban, shockingly, for a red card he got against City in the final game of the season. Um, so he's um, he'll be back into the side. And, you know, I think he's one of the most accomplished midfielders in the competition. Like, I'm a big fan of him, and I know John Cosmina is as well. Um, City look like they've got strength in depth. Have they done much to change anything there? Because they started slowly last year. Have they done much to address that? Or? Funnily enough, that's the only the second time in the MPL era that City have won their opening game. Yeah. Um, it, it's They did different things in pre-season this year. So yeah. Last season, they went all in, let's play as many games as possible, Silver Boot, Macron Cup. This year, they didn't do any of that. Yep. They played two internal games this year, in this, as in, in 2019. Yep. They played a couple of pre-season games at the back end of 2018 against other clubs, yep. um, Strikers being one, Easts being one, and Gold Coast Knights being one. Um, the game against um, Sunshine Coast Wanderers was cancelled because of wet weather. Um, they played um, half a game against the China under-20s, <laughs> we'll leave that there. Yeah, but they haven't changed too much. Yeah. Uh, like uh, they've done a good preseason. They look yeah. fit. They look That's ready. Good. They but they were ready last year. Yeah. They were fit last year. I think last year they actually came unstuck by playing Lions first up, and mm. Lions were keen, ready, able, and beat them. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't a huge score line but it was it was you know still a defeat it was and enough to knock the confidence off a little a bit a little bit yeah. and that was a very young team yeah. it's the same young team with a couple of more experienced heads but they're all a year older and they've got a year's experience under yeah. their belt and that is why it's so key yeah. um yeah no i was i was very i was very impressed uh, redlands you know i think they struggled last year um i don't think they're going to be one of the top teams this year but um they'll be very willing. They had a couple of spells of pressure and, you know, all we need to do is put one of those in the back of the net. But having said that, Jake Clancy didn't really have to make a save and he made one yep. good save um, in the game. Um, I, the coach, Cleberson, is... He looks like so oh, much fun. He's already my favourite person in the entire league. Um, he actually makes a demon coffee as well. Oh, um, good. Really, really good. And I'm not saying that yours isn't great, James. But, um, <laughs> he he was passionate, um, but I think they'll need more yeah. than just passion yeah. this year, in, in all honesty. Um, he made some intelligent changes, Cleberson, actually, uh, that I felt did make a big difference in terms of their stability and confidence on the ball. So he's still... F- feeling out yeah. where the, where his team are going to be. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was impressive. Um, I, I do worry a little bit for Western Pride. Um, you know, that's the yeah. only other game they I really watched at depth. They didn't look too good last night, did they? they they've lost a lot of players. They have lost a lot of players. Um, and um, I don't know if Crestani, you know, he's going to be able to drag that team along by himself. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of quite loose tackles in that game last there night. Was, um, it was, I mean, it was a game that looked like it was quite hard to get under control and part of that might have been the wind you know getting the ball blowing all over the place but um yeah i i do wonder when things if things don't go well yeah. for pride does it start to get a little bit untidy quite yeah. quickly there and that that'll be a shame nine out of 11 of that grand final winning side are gone now is it just davison and cristani left yeah mm. So that's, that's a bit of a big blow for them to lose yeah. that many players in a short period of time it is it is and and all the players i spoke to who were at Western Pride said it was a real wrench to leave. You know, mm-hmm. they it was it, they just felt they were getting a little bit stale. But yeah. you know, I just I just wonder I just wonder. They're um, all kicking on around the league too. Pengelly scored at strikers. I think um, Adam Ondine scored for Gold Coast Knights, I believe. So yep. 
They yep. do have. They do at least have the pit still there though, yes. on the sideline. Best supporters in the league. They yeah. are fantastic, and they make so much difference to to going to those games. Yeah. You know, again, we've spoken about it before mm. going to the games and being there in the amongst the game. Go and sit and stand with them. I mean, you know, yes. maybe don't take your kids, but um, it, it's a really it's a, it's a great it's a great experience watching football there uh, out mm. out at um, Western Pride and and do it before winter because it's yes. or it's just have a very there. very thick jacket. Yeah, well that that too. Um, yeah, uh, interesting. Um, strikers against Thunder. That was an interesting result for me. I don't that know one I didn't see coming. Because um, I was surprised. I thought Thunder might struggle this year, yeah. genuinely. Mm. Um, but I, I, similarly with Strikers, I just they've had a team and been at the top for so long. Yeah. Last year, I think, was a big shock to the system. But I actually think the trajectory... I'm happy to be proven wrong, and I'm, I, I will very much yeah. happily be proven wrong because they've got some good players in that mm. side. But a lot of their leaders, a lot of their really experienced players. One of the players we mentioned earlier, actually, Greg Hensley. He was one of those players who was all over yeah. the pitch every time I saw him play for Strikers, and yeah. yeah. But it's you know, real I, leadership vacuum with that club with Mike Langer gone as well. Exactly. I, I mean, age is a you know, time is a horrible thing really for these yeah. great sides and there's no doubt strikers have been a great side in Queensland for yeah. 15 years or more probably should have won more in the MPL than they have yeah I think well. that's fair their, their record in finals is frankly appalling yeah. um, but they um, yeah it, I, I will be interested to see how they go I think this weekend um at Redlands yeah. is actually a really big game for strikers. <laughs> and it's Gen- Friday night, yeah. So to kick the round off, be interesting mm. to see. And all of those games are, of course, available on the Football Queensland website. Can you see us still commentating the Peninsula East game? You said? I'll be, uh, yes, I'll be at Heath yep. Park for, um, for East to Peninsula Power. And it's my first trip to East, and I'm very excited. I think that's going to be, I think we've got quite a few good games, actually. We'll run through them very quickly just to close out segment three. Uh, Friday, Redlands Strikers, as we mentioned. Saturday, Thunder versus Raw Youth, uh, Gold Coast United versus Lions, Western Pride versus mm-hmm. Gold Coast Knights, Easts against Penn Power, which, as we mentioned, Simon will be out commentating, so tune in to Football Queensland mm-hmm. Facebook and YouTube for that. And Sunday is Sunshine Coast versus Brisbane City, and, as already mentioned as well, Magpies Crusaders versus yep. Olympic is postponed because, obviously, it's a little bit of an emergency situation up yeah. there. So, be, if you're listening, be safe. Yep. If, yeah. Definitely be safe in my old hometown of Townsville. Yes. All right, that's going to be it for segment three of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back to preview this weekend's uh, Brisbane Royal Clashes right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. It's the final segment of the Brisbane Football Review with James Scott and Simon here this evening now, or was afternoon before. And we're going to talk about the two Brisbane Royal fixtures coming up this weekend in the A-League and W-League. And we'll lead off with the A-League Round 18 clash. Friday night, uh, 6.50pm Brisbane time at Suncorp Stadium against Sydney FC. All-time record, played 43, won 16, drawn 13, lost 14. At Suncorp, played 20, won 11, drawn 5, lost 4. Now, Simon, did you know Scott actually keeps track of all of these stats himself? I'm very impressed. Thanks for throwing me under the bus with those. I'm assuming they're right. I hope they're right after that. <laughs> <laughs> they better be now. So no, this, I'm pretty confident they are. Yeah, so... Uh, this season, there's been one uh, meeting between these two sides. Sydney FC 2-1 in round 10 out at Jubilee Oval. And yep. that was one of Darren Davies' first games in charge. And it was his first. It was? Yes. That oh. was the first game That's of the right. Darren Davies era. And it was the final game of 2018 as well for the Raw. 
A-League. I can't remember that, but yes. I can't remember it was Darren Davies' first game. But there was a lot of excitement about that one as well. Dane Ingham obviously bombing down as the right winger. He will be absent for this one. But <laughs> my main talking point for this one is, quite simply, who plays goalkeeper? Because I'm all on board with Freaky Friday. I'm about Freaky yeah. Friday as well. He's You're going to a... patent that, aren't you? Yeah, I've got to try and make some money yeah. somehow. <laughs> it's definitely worthy of a hashtag, isn't I it? Think so. I Look, I... I, I, I'm only saying this from from a from a background of watching Macklin Freak play for a few years now. Like he was a junior at City, um, he has been playing in the um, Y League and the uh, and the MPL side for the Raw the last season, and has been fantastic. Like yeah. absolutely fantastic. Not just his shot stopping, but his whole all round package has been very impressive and. And a lot of this comes from me not having seen um, White play that much. And and that's because he hasn't played that much, really. So, I mean, Freak Mm. is, I would say, he's an informed keeper. He's he's very young still. Uh, You know, there's a lot to be said about giving goalkeepers time to develop and not mentally scarring them. I mean, putting him out, you know, throwing him to the wolves. With Adam LaFondra on the other end of the... Football, exactly, Adam Lafondre-shaped wolf um, could could be very detrimental to his development. But I I I think he's a good player. I think he's a good goalkeeper. Um, but then equally, if 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 they go for White, yeah, then then why not? I'll say White's done his full apprenticeship. Though. I mean, he started off at Redlands, made his name for himself in that game in the FFA Cup. He then went to Victoria, I believe, for a while, and came back to the Roy. He's been in the system for a while. He probably deserves his opportunity. But I get your point around Macklin Freak. He's in great form and is a good shot stopper. So I think both of them are doing an okay job. And Freaky Friday just rolls off the top. Exactly. That's, that's actually the main reason why I want Freak to start. Yeah. It's just because we've got <laughs> we've got the hashtag ready to go. But the other thing that really jumps out for me is I think whoever starts this game, this will be the first. They'll be making their first Brisbane Raw start, and I'm assuming their first A League start all up. Am I correct on that? Yes, both to be making their A League starting day. So that'll be the first time that's happened since I'm pretty sure Matt Acton in the 2013-14 season when Theo was out injured for a couple of weeks. Uh, highly possible. I, I just yeah. come up with random things off the yeah. back of my mind. But the main reason why I want to go with Macklin Freak is purely because... That's right. You've got to, I suppose, see what you've got for him as a potential backup for Jamie Young next year. Yeah. Because for me... Brennan White's done his apprenticeship and everything, and he's got a lot yeah. to look forward to. But for me, the trade-off at the end of the season is always going to be you go with the younger player. And again, nothing yeah. against Brendan White. We've seen more of Macklin Freak on the, on the actual football pitch this season. And yeah, yeah you've got probably going to have to make a decision between those two at the end of the year anyway. Yeah. It'd be interesting. It, this will actually probably determine which way the Royal are leaning in that battle between White and Freak in a lot of ways, which way they're looking at going. It's a very tough one, you know, even from a psychological perspective for these guys. Because, I mean, what do you do? White, you know, fumbles at a couple of crosses, so you, yeah. you jettison him straight away for, for Freak. You know, having, we, we were discussing um, off, um, you know, away from the recording, that it's actually difficult when you're a reserve keeper because yeah. you never expect that you're going to get on. I wouldn't have thought, having not ever been in that position, I don't know. And I'm sure there is a mentality of goalkeepers where they have to be ready all the time, even if they are on the bench and have been on the bench their entire careers, really, um, in a professional setup. So, yeah, I mean, it would be hugely, probably hugely detrimental yeah. detrimental to White if he, if he is to be 
sort of cold yeah. straight away after you know mm. one sort of slightly questionable half. Yeah. Not even be careful because if Frank does the same thing on Friday night, are you going to jettison him then as well and say he's no Ab- longer any good? Absolutely, either? and it's suddenly... I did not actually think of that, Scott. Well, yeah. <laughs> this is the thing. So you, you, it, it's a really tough situation, and this is, you know. It, it's a problem that any team has when their number one goalkeeper yeah. gets rubbed out for an extended period and why it's so important for the Raw that Young isn't out for three games, really. Although, as we said, the season's probably already gone, if we're, if we're honest. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's more about it's more about what you do. Yeah. I, like, I, I think they'll go with White. I, yeah. I genuinely do. And I think that's not, as you said, yeah. I don't think that's a bad option. Um, I'm just, I, just like, I just like the look of Macklin Freak as a yeah. goalkeeper yeah. from what I've seen. In the NPL. And I do also think that big picture, you know, that whoever does start, the coaching staff will probably find a way to make them, I suppose, look as yeah. good as they can on their starting debut. It's interesting because Macklin Frank didn't play last night against Western Pride, neither did Emlyn Wellsmore, Aaron Ridd, Jay Bonnet, Oliver Duncan, Daniel Lecos, Shannon Brady. So that's basically half the side who played the Wiley Grand Final. Didn't play. Interesting to see which of these guys are in the squad for the game on Friday night, along with the two new signings as well. I mean, it could be. You know, that could be for two reasons, right? I mean, yeah. after a Wiley grand final, I'm sure they weren't all on the beers, but I mean, it's... It never yeah, they're not a heavy pitch, though. I don't think exactly. half of them are eligible to drink yet, are they? No, probably not, <laughs> no. But I mean, nevertheless, it's, it, it's, it could be just as much yeah. because they've just played a, a, a final yep. on that heavy pitch in tough conditions rather than with an eye for this weekend. Yeah. I think they could do worse than giving some of them a go, at least yeah. giving some of them a look on the sidelines. Uh, I'm, I'm from the bench... Leck and Brady were the two that really yeah. jump out for me. I, yeah, Brady, it's, Brady's got to be close, surely. I it's mean, make or break for him by now. That, like that, to yeah. me, is what I just keep coming back to. Either how many chances has he had to come into the side, and yeah. eventually, it's either got to be a case of play or go. Mm. Make up yeah. your mind. And the one final question I do want to get to on this as well: Which of the two new signings will we see? Will we see Tongi? Lokalingloy or both? I think both will be in the squad, but they'll be on the bench. I think it's too soon to start them. I agree. Fair enough. All right, now let's move on to the, I would say, bigger game this weekend, in all fairness. It's a W League semi-final. Sunday, 6, Sunday 6.15pm at Dolphin Stadium at Redcliffe. Hopefully that goes better than me trying to <laughs> say that line there. Uh, hasn't been a great record against Sydney FC this season, where Caitlin Ford has pretty much single-handedly destroyed the Raw on both occasions. Yeah, if they can just find a way to convince Caitlin Ford the game is at Lions or on the Gold Coast or somewhere else other than Redcliffe, they should be okay. I think it's five goals or something she's got in these two games. and Gun to Indy, maybe. Absolutely superb. She's been in against the Raw this season. If they can control her, they've got a great chance. Certainly. and Or maybe just you know convince uh, Polkinghorn to tie her shoelaces together. That works, yeah. Just, just something. Because obviously she's the threat that they've got to stop. I, she is. Um, what I think is in the Raw's favour, and the, this was also the case in the previous two games, but um, she's um, battered them, unfortunately, um, is that the Raw's the Raw has yeah. the form centre-back pairing in the entire competition. Yeah. Um, both Polkinghorne and McCormick are fantastic players in fantastic yeah. form. Um, I think a lot's going to see how Jenna McCormick comes back having played um, AFLW on the weekend. Um, I, I had a really long chat with her today, actually, um, 
out at Dolphin Stadium. She was good enough to give me um, a fair portion of her time. And anyone who knows me knows I rabbit on needlessly for hours. And she was very accommodating. You're well um, suited to podcasting. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> so, some would say otherwise when they're trying to listen to it um, um, in, in a state in a time period on a commute or something. You know, I have to go around the block a couple of times. Um, <laughs> why use one word when you can use fifteen? Um, but no, she 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 said that it's it's been a it's been great this season being able to compartmentalise going down to Adelaide playing AFLW in Brisbane yep. for the for the W League um, oh go ahead sorry no, she, she, um, she seems um, she didn't seem to be carrying any knocks from the weekend which is a it's an issue really yeah. if we're thinking about it sort of subjectively um, AFLW is very much full contact and I think anyone who watched the game of the weekend um, there was plenty of bumping yeah. off the ball plenty of bumping on the ball um, but she, she seems to have come out unscathed. Um, she's ready to play um, to, to play football this weekend, and uh, like I'm, I'm excited to see how she goes to get her mindset back into football, and that's going to be so key. Yeah, the good I, thing is I think this this deal was done back in December, wasn't it? Really, when when it was agreed that Jenna would stay on for the rest of the season, it was if the Aurora qualified for the finals already, she would play round one for Adelaide in the AFL. I think that's fair enough. I know a lot of people looked at it and thought, oh, here we go, she's leaving the raw the wrong time, but this was agreed well in advance. And if you'd said that, when it, when she signed, you we were all quite critical of it to a certain I degree. I was very, very critical. You were. If we'd said she'd play 11 of 12 regular season games, you would have taken that at the start. And so. still be available for finals. As well. that, was my, that was my big problem with the signing, was the fact yeah. that you, you get into December and then lose what you're someone who you're counting on to be an impact player. Yeah. And, you know... Thankfully, she's stuck around and actually proven yeah. to be a really great asset for this side. So, I would throw a lot of my complaints about yeah. her now. Look, she's been fantastic, yeah. and I mean, I mean, I don't want to mm. sort of, you know, I want to keep some of my powder dry so people read yeah. my piece on the ABC, which you'll be able to That's read right. on the weekend. Shameless plug. Um, but she, she, you know, she really credits um, that Adelaide team with a lot. Yeah. Um, and the AFLW team I'm talking about here, like in, in terms of keeping her, um, you know, she, she loves it down there. She, she says she never wants to leave that team. You know, she won a premiership with them. She, she yeah. obviously loves those girls. But she said the support she gets from those girls is yeah. so important. Yeah. And it's so important to her. And they know that she, you know, she, she has ambitions, yeah. you know, greater in soccer than yeah. she does in AFLW. Yeah. And, and that, of course, impacts yeah. on the Matildas as a World Cup yeah. coming up later in the year. And the way she's playing, yeah. you have to think yeah. that she's got to be in the conversation. She's forced her hand here. If... Just forced the issue here with her form. I mean, you look at some of the old defenders around the league who've been in the Matilda squad. Her form is better than those players. And if she's not in this Cup of Nations squad coming up, there's something gone terribly wrong. Well, Mel Andressa said to me that when she invited um, she invited Jenna up like for the season to play, and and that was and Jenna sort of collaborated this in saying that you know she'd really fallen out of love with it a little bit. She'd had a couple of rough seasons um, in football, um, both in Europe and with Adelaide. Things just didn't go well for her in Adelaide. Um, and you know, the raw has rekindled her passion for soccer. And you're right; she has given herself a headache, really, yeah. in the fact that you know it's not just me saying that. I'm not just sort of wildly speculating yeah. here that she should be in that Matilda mm. squad. You know, a lot of other yeah. people are saying that as well. well. She, she, and her performances yeah. are justifying it was that. Document that Alan's dad just had spoken to her, and at, at one point said, "Look, you're in the frame. I mean, if you want to keep playing football for the rest of the season, you're in consideration now." And I think... And, and that was before he obviously departed the role. Well, that was before, yeah. Absolutely. And that, you know, 
you know, in one sense that could complicate matters, yeah. but in other in another sense, if you're coming in new to a coaching position for a national team, and you want, even if you want to put your own stamp on it, you want the players who are playing the best football. Yeah. And if you go and talk to women's football fans and women's football pundits and say, yeah. "Hey, who are the best two centre backs in the competition, or yeah. playing football, and are Australia qualified yeah. at the moment?" You'd say Claire Polkinghorne, probably more from a legacy. I actually yeah. think it's probably been one of her, you know, her lofty standards. She's probably one yeah. percent off actually this season. Yeah. Um, but the other you'd say is Jenna McCormick, yeah. and you know she played herself into contention and she's been mighty impressive I've been hugely impressive and I think all of that aside going from one sport to the other all the other girls who are cross code hoppers have pretty much retired from one sport to focus on the other she's playing them back to back it's an astonishing achievement it's back to what Elise Perry was doing back in the day when she would play cricket one day W League the next day and eventually Elise had to choose one or the other and Jenna may have to choose at one point in the future she may have to choose one or the other but for now, if you can do both, and she's it's not impacting either side. She's still very young as well, yeah. and I think that's worth remembering. She's, what, 24, I think? That is very young. I yeah. mean, you, you talk to her, she has got an experienced head on her shoulders. She's very uh, very composed, very mature. I, I, was, I was hugely impressed with her today. I've been impressed with her all season, but speaking to her today, I was, yeah, I mean, she, she's, she's a real class act. And, and look, I, I think if anyone can do it, she can, and uh, the only real disappointment I had was that she didn't front up for the Raw after the game, after yeah. the AFLW game. I mean, she was in the area, she could have... Yeah, exactly. They were both down in Adelaide. How <laughs> exactly. hard could it have been? Now, you've done a fantastic job selling that uh, piece, Simon. I'm very much looking forward to reading it. Now I'm going yeah. to put you on the spot and ask for a prediction for Sunday. Um, I want to say 2-1 to the Raw. Scott? Well, these two sides have played a bunch of finals in the past. I think this will be the sixth one on the Raw lead 3-2, and there's been some epic contests, penalty shootouts, extra time. Provided they do tie Caitlin Ford's two shoelaces together, as you suggested, James, I think the Raw will win the game in extra time. I'm going penalties. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what we want to hear, more penalties. Of course, penalties are always fun. I'm going to back the Raw in a penalty shootout. So we'll see how that all goes. Um, if you're obviously yeah. able to Sunday evening, get up to Redcliffe because obviously a proper home field yeah. advantage will be a massive yeah. boost for the W League side. Get to Suncorp yeah. Stadium Friday night as well because there will be some youth on display as well and also a former Premier yeah. League striker in Adam LaFondra. Hopefully also Perth Glory get the job done on Sunday in the other game. We can have a home ground final up here. So hopefully Sam Kerr scores a hat trick against the victory. We can only hope. All right, Simon... Thank you very much for your time this afternoon. It's always, been a lot of fun having you on. Uh, it's always a pleasure. I love coming and yeah. chatting to you guys. And um, thanks for all the great work that you do promoting Brisbane football. Thank you. Scott, thanks Thank again. Thank you. Thank you, James. Thank you for the kind words, Simon. And I'll, I'll see you next week. Yes, I hope I wasn't too unbearable after Monday. You only got two references in. I'm disappointed, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, you That's know. about the same amount of good plays in the game, isn't it? Two, two mentions for two good plays. Hey, those trophies <laughs> and Super Bowl. <laughs> Those trophies and Super Bowl rings are uh, just as obnoxious no matter what the final score That's is. That's true. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Get to the football this weekend, NPL, A-League, W-League, everything. Just just make a weekend of it. And we'll be back next week to discuss it all after this. This has been the Brisbane Football Review. Thanks for listening.